0: And then we'll be turning to uh, talk about, amen, still about, are you saved? Amen. It's not what mom and daddy says. It's not what uh, your old preacher says. It's not what, you know, um, you've always thought, your our own opinions. It's what thus saith the word of the Lord. Everything's got to be based by scripture. Amen. And... We're living in a generation that we have broke off. Uh, you know, somebody says, well, I've got a new ideal. I got a, uh, a new way of, uh, well, I think this is right. And then they can start a religion with it. And then this breaks off and that breaks off and that breaks off. And that's the reason you've got so many different denominations. Um, that's the reason even in the, the Pentecostal ranks, I mean, really, you got got uh, Pentecostals got assemblies. They call themselves Pentecostal, but their Assemblies, Trinity, amen. Then you got Pentecostals that are charismatic, amen. And then in even the UPC, praise the Lord, you've got some that hold standards here and some believe that, uh, and truthfully, I will say this, I'm ashamed of it, but there's some that says, well, you don't even have to be born again no more. Amen. So, and we could believe like Oprah Winfrey, uh, she says there's thousands of ways to get to God. Whichever way you go, you're going to end up being to God. So, amen. Everybody's got some kind of ideal and some, um, you know, belief that they think that this is right. That's the reason we need to question ourselves every day are you saved? Am I ready? Because you're not going to get ready when that trumpet sounds. Once that trumpet sounds, it's over. Amen. So, amen. We know the story, Luke in 18. It said a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but save one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Can I say this? we still better know the commandments. And the commandments are not just the 10 commandments that was given, praise the Lord, amen. It, the commandments we live by now, praise the Lord, actually, amen, is uh, the Old Testament, the type and shadow, but the New Testament dispensation of grace and the teaching of the apostles, amen, doctrine is what we live by, amen. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. Boy, that right there could preach on itself, couldn't it? And he said, all these have I kept from my youth up. Then when Jesus heard these things, he said unto them, yet lackest thou one thing. Lackest thou one thing. I'm asking you today, do you think there's one thing that, that possibly could keep you From not being saved. Come on. Is there one thing you haven't obeyed? Is there one thing you haven't given up? Is there one thing, Brother John, amen, that still bothers you, still hinders you, amen, in your walk and relationship with God? Amen? Hello. So we need to think about that one thing because the story goes on and talks about this young ruler, I mean, he was saying, hey, I even one of the, the uh, of the gospel says, I have observed these from my youth up. I have practiced these. I've tried to, uh, you know, do these. Well, let's just put it in our perspective now. Okay, um, I don't cuss, I don't drink, I don't smoke, um, you know, I, but I go to church, I pay my tithes, is that all there is? There's a lot of things in the scripture that we got to do, amen, that really requires us, praise the Lord, and that's what people, you know, they want to go the, whatever's the bare minimum. What can I do? And that's what he was asking. What can I do and, and assure me that I'm saved? That I'm right, that I'm okay. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care if you're 50 years old, 60, 70. I don't care if you're 40. I don't care if you're 30. Plumb down to, I don't care if you praise the Lord, if you're 20 years old. If you die and you got things in your life that ain't right, you ain't going to fix it after you die. Amen. Praise the Lord. So understand that, praise the Lord, that you've got to check every day. Amen. To make sure that you got things right in your life. All right, we're going to start with this. Praise the Lord. And and because this listen, you, you, you it's even embarrassment and a shame to know that we've got people who goes to apostolic churches to set under good preaching and ministry. And still don't know the plan of salvation, has still not practiced this plan of salvation, and still not accept the plan of salvation. Come on. You cannot just confess that you know God as your personal savior. That is a lie. There's not no scripture whatsoever. You're not saved because you say, Well, I just accept you to my personal savior. A whoremonger or adulterer or murderer or anybody can and, and do that and go right back on out of sin and, and they think, I, I'm all right. Amen? Praise the Lord. So we need to understand that there is a, uh, to know that I'm saved, even Jesus Christ, amen, said it itself. Amen? Here in, in John 3 and 1, there was a man, Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler, A ruler of the Jews. So what was he doing? What was a ruler? A scholar of the word, the law. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. We don't understand this, but if you look in Scripture, from a child, the Hebrew people, they was engrafted in them, indoctrinated them, and taught, I mean regular, from a child. They would even have to go to schools to learn, amen, the the Word of God. It was put in them. We've heard the Scripture, praise God, it said that they rode over the doorpost and over linen and also over their forehead, wherever they went, praise God, they wanted to know, here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Amen? Praise the Lord. But that rabbi, amen, come, and he said to Jesus, we know that our teacher sent from God and no man can do these miracles except he, uh, God have sent him. Jesus answered and said to him, Burly, I'll say to you, except a man. What's the word except mean? Unless. Amen. And it means you got to do this. If you don't do this, amen, praise the Lord. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he was old? See, that's the problem. Our carnal mind, we try to start justifying or trying to say, Well, listen, I'm already at the age I've already been born. What do you mean? I want to go back in my mother's womb and be born again? Amen. Jesus, praise the Lord, clearly, Amen, tells him again, Verily, Verily, I say, Except a man be born of water and of spirit. Water baptism. Water baptism is one of the most important uh, procedures that we do, amen, in the plan of salvation. And it's stuck very lightly, and, and even for preachers like me, I'll be honest with you. Man, I have baptized people that's come to this church. I know 10 times. All I'm doing is just dunk or ruin them, and I know they didn't change. But it's either I do it or either they get mad and leave anyway, or either just do it and later on they're going to leave anyway. So, but I, you know, I really want to stop and say, now listen, are you dead yet? You cannot bury a person until they're dead to their sins. Amen. Praise the Lord. Unless a man be born again of the water and of the spirit, water baptism is when you're washing away the filthiness of the flesh. It's a type and a shadow, praise the Lord, of the burial. Amen. Of Burying that old nature. Amen. Also, it's talked about, it's a circumcision. It's the cutting uh, the foreskins of our heart away, all the fleshly desires away. Amen. That's what, amen, um, baptism is. Amen. It's a, a covenant. It's when you enter into the, uh, the family of God. That's when you take on his name. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then being filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come on. That is, praise the Lord, being born of the Spirit. We have to have the Holy Ghost. Amen. I, I, I would not want to, Sister uh, Dorothy, tell somebody, well, okay, you're doing all right and okay, good and good enough and I'd hate to be a preacher to stand before God and knowing that I didn't preach all truth. When that is a step in the plan of salvation. Amen? Praise the Lord. We understand that. Amen? That even Jesus himself was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. And when he was baptized, his the Bible said, praise the Lord, the heavens opened, the Spirit ascended as a dove. Amen. And as soon as it ascended as a dove, the Bible said, and then there was a voice of the Father that spoke and said, This is my beloved Son. That was adoption. That was, praise the Lord, Him saying, I approve, amen, my body. Amen. Praise God. Never had a fleshly body. And it was a utterance, praise the Lord. Amen. That the Bible said the wind bloweth where it listeth. We don't hear the sound of it, but we do see the effects of it. And the Holy Ghost, praise God, there's effects, praise the Lord. When you get to the Holy Ghost, it's not just you speaking in tongues, it's you allowing God to come into you, lead you, guide you, praise the Lord, amen, into all truth. It's the spirit of truth. Somebody say that. It's the spirit of truth the spirit of truth living on the inside. And I'm going to be honest with you, praise God, why would anybody not want the Holy Ghost? Because it, it's it got benefits, praise God, to lead you and guide you, protect you, to speak to you, to comfort you. Amen. Hello? Bone. Praise the Lord. It, it's it's a assistance and a help. Hallelujah. If we yield to it, if we submit to it, I promise you, praise God, the Holy Ghost, praise God, is the greatest gift that mankind has ever received. It's not the plan of salvation, praise, uh, you know, just saying, well, I accept the Lord, and that's great. No, no, no. It's the Holy Ghost and being baptized, and when you speak in tongues, praise God, what you're doing, it's the Heavenly Father, amen, aboding on you, amen, and edifying, praise God, saying, all right, now this is my beloved Son and who I'm well pleased Amen. So we've got to be born again of the water and of the spirit. If you're not born again of the water and of the spirit, you need to say, I'm not saved yet. Yes, I've had experience, praise the Lord, but I've got to continue to fulfill all of the scriptures, praise the Lord. Amen. And how many knows I've said it many times, praise God, off of his pulpit. And in the book of Acts, what it talks about, praise the Lord, one of the disciples numbered them and said it was 120, amen, people. And then they started naming who there was all there, the disciples. And then they said, and the mother of Jesus, Mary. Well, my Lord, she was a virgin. She was a, there was no other woman like her, the Bible scribes, and said because that's the reason the Holy Ghost overshadowed her. And she was conceived with the Holy Ghost. She carried the Holy Ghost, which was Jesus she gave birth to the Holy Ghost, but then again, she had still be filled with the Holy Ghost, overshadowed the Holy Ghost, and she had to be there, praise God, in that time to speak with other tongues too. So, you've got to have the plan of salvation. Amen? We've got to repent. We've got to go down in a water grave, and we've got to be be. Filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence. Somebody say, Evidence. Amen. Evidence. The evidence, praise the Lord, it promised you. How many ever seen a baby? You've been back to see a baby born. When it comes out, it's limp. It, it, I mean, because it's just lifeless. You just look at my Lord. I mean, and it's the color and everything of it, you know. But all of a sudden, that daughter pulls up, boom. <laughs> It's living. It starts breathing on its own. Amen. So don't think, praise God, you're saved, praise the Lord, just by taking one step, two steps, because there's three steps to plan of salvation. And then after we take them three steps, and then we gotta understand to continue to go on. Amen. And do more, praise God, through justification. Or sanctification, excuse me, sanctification.
1: Amen. You know, people want to talk about, I was telling my wife, people want to talk about accepting God as their personal Savior. Well, I mean, let's be honest. If God really was your personal Savior, you would do everything that he said to do anyway. Personal, intimate. Yeah. You know, we want to tell people, well, that's personal. That's personal. I don't want to, t- you know, I can't talk about it. That's personal. That's personal. Well, if he's your personal savior, he's going to be through and through. He's going to, because the Bible says that we were bought with a price. We belong to him. Amen. We belong to him. He, he doesn't need us, but he bought us and he wants us. We're his, if you want to say it, he's our, we're, we're his personal servants. Amen. And he's a jealous God. And if we don't worship him with in spirit and in truth, amen, he becomes jealous. James 119, wherefore, my beloved, oops, excuse me, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Amen. So we need, need to put more emphasis on the hearing than we do, yeah. the speaking and the anger. Study to be quiet. <laughs> Amen. We hear it said all the time. That's why God gave us two ears. On only one mouth, right? Uh, verse 20, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Amen. Yes, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. But the wrath, wrath is something that, uh, that comes and boils from the inside out. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and the superfluity of naughtiness. Lay apart all filthiness. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Meekness. Humility, Amen. You don't you don't hear it and 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 uh, all automatically have a haughty spirit, thinking that you, you're a know it all or that you uh, that you uh, you're better than anybody. But we are privileged to have received that word. What does it say? Which is able to save your souls? See, the word of God can save your soul if you receive it with meekness and you apply it to your life and you rightly divide the word of truth. A lot of people think they have the word of God, but they're seeing with their carnal eyes and not the spiritual law and the Holy Ghost that we were talking about, letting it lead us. Um, It's able to save your souls, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Yeah. Amen. Faith without works is dead. Obedience and action. Amen. You're not being obedient to the word of God if there's no fruit to prove that the word lives within you. Right. Uh, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. In other words, we can come into the house of God and get the Holy Ghost goosebumps and then leave it at the door. And, and, and basically, that's a double-minded man. The Bible says he's what? He's unstable in all his ways. And also, God would rather you be hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, he's going to spew you out. Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, and continueth. Therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Amen? So, you know, we talk a lot about blessings, Pastor. You know, some people think the blessings uh, in their life is a stamp of approval from God. No, it rains on the just and the unjust. There's millions and billionaires out there that, that... are atheists, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bill Gates, exactly. I mean, there's, like I said, there's very rich people that have many goods and they don't, they can't even believe that there is a God. So your blessings, although yes, God does bless us, that doesn't mean that you're automatically saved through your blessings. Sometimes we can look at everything that we have around us and we can try to use that as a loophole or an excuse and say, well, you know, God must be pleased with me. I must be doing okay. I don't I don't have to line up. I don't have to submit. I don't have to listen to pastor. I don't have to listen to the word. Amen? But what does it say right after that? If any man among you seem to be religious and brileth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. So, you know, we can be blessed and we can uh, be living a good life, amen. But we can, it can be total vanity. Everything can be in vain. Yeah, professing to be something that you're not, being a hypocrite. Let me read it again. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is a vague. You know, we always have, We some of us think we have so many great opinions, you know, we just know it all. And sometimes you may know, but sometimes the best thing to do is just keep your mouth shut. Amen. Because we can think that we have this great religious religion, but we have no control over our tongue. Right. And it's all in vain. <clears throat> Pure religion and undefiled before God and to, and to the Father is this, to visit the fatherless, the widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Amen. We don't, and I will speak personally, you know, I need to do a good, a better job. We all need to do a better job, you know, visiting the followers, fatherless, visiting the widows, you know, Sister Donna, um, we have a few here that come to our church, Brother John, Sister Dorothy. We need to do a better job with that, but we also, what does it say? The very last thing, what is pure religion? Keeping ourselves unspotted <clears throat> from the world, you know, some. And sometimes we can say, oh, well, we're just having a good time. Or, you know, it's eh, it's not going to hurt anything. Um, but is it going to hurt something? Amen. Because sometimes so much of a good thing can become, excuse me, can become a sin. First Peter,
2: First Peter 3.20, which sometimes we're disobedient. <clears throat> when once the long-suffering of God waited in, in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, wherein a few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. Um, the next scripture says, The like figure whereinto even baptism doeth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What What this scripture to me says... Which sometimes were disobedient. People were disobedient back then, but God had God did. People want to say we live under grace, but but to me, God's grace was giving them 120 years to watch somebody build a boat in faith, but nobody listened. So that grace was was the ark, okay. So and they just wouldn't listen, and and then it says here, the like figure wherein too. What does that mean? The like figure. This is mirrored from the Old Testament, okay. The like figure wearing two. Grace is when you come to church and you hear the word of God. Even baptism doeth now save us. That's your grace. Not the putting away of the filth of flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. And so the answer of a good conscience. What does an answer mean? No answering for our You're answering for your actions. So you have to have a good conscience towards God. You're going to have a good conscience. There's no fear there. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 3 and 22 says, who has gone into heaven is, and is on the right hand of God, he's the power, the power in the name of Jesus, uh, angels and authorities and powers being made subject to him. First Peter four seventeen says, for this time has come that judgment, listen to this, judgment must begin at the house of God. So you will be judged by what you hear, and you don't obey every single one of us. Every single one of us. And if it first began at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel? So the people who are sinners, what shall their end be? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, out of all the whole earth, think of all the people, you say, well, so and so lives on a remote island, and they've not maybe heard the gospel. The Bible says until it's preached into every corner, and that he's not a respective person. You want to talk about how powerful the word is? Vonnie Marshall is was Indian. Her family was uh, Hindu, in a Hindu country. Not around. Never met. Never even met an apostolic person, and she was so sick in her teenage years. Y'all have heard the story a little bit. But she, got, she found a Christmas card from a Pentecostal church that just said, Jesus is Lord, uh, King of Kings, something like that, about him being God Almighty. She said she got so sick of her religion, nothing worked. She was absolutely sick in her body. They told her she was going to die. She thought about committing suicide. She was laying in her bedroom one night, and they have strict rules over there. Women are not allowed, really, to even have salvation over there, their Hindu salvation I mean, it's just like off limits to them. They're considered dogs almost, servants. Well, she was laying there one night, and she just said that she was so hungry for something. She just remembered the Christmas card. Don't tell me God is not going to find someone. If you're praying, that's what we're supposed to do. Pray for the people who don't have the truth. Somehow, God will lead them. Somebody was praying. There was a missionary there who was praying, who sent out Christmas cards just for her to find one. I don't even know where she found it at. But she said she began to lay in the bed and cry out. She cried out. She said, Jesus, are you there? And she said she began to speak the name of Jesus. She said, and all of a sudden. And you see, this is the difference between us and other countries. We're not. We are so full of garbage and Hollywood that we don't believe things anymore. First, you must believe that he is. So she knew I'm just going to call out because she was desperate. She was hungry. So she called out, Jesus, are you there? And she said, it was pitch dark because around there they don't have streetlights and things. And she said, all of a sudden, this, this, this glow came in her window and said, I am God. I am Jesus. And when that happened, she said instantaneously her body was healed. And all of a sudden, she began to repent. She fell in an apostolic church. Guess what happened? Her family kicked her out. What's your excuse? You know the truth. What's your excuse? Where'd I go? (laughs) 4 and 18, and if the righteous scarcely be saved, so you've got to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing. Sometimes it seems like it's a sufferer when we have to dress a certain way, when we have to treat people a certain way, when we have to uh, deny ourselves for the sake of something more, which is eternity. It's to be like him, keeping of their souls to him in well-doing. as Listen, as unto a faithful creator. Um, I'm going to read these real quick. They're cool. I like these good sayings. I was telling him, "Oh, there's lots of good stuff on here." Uh, I, this is a saying that was on that was on Pinterest. The Bible doesn't say, "Depart from me who practices the law." It says, "Depart from me who." Now this is a different version, but it says, "Depart from me you who practice lawlessness." So 7 and 23 says and 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 then will I profess unto them I never knew you depart from me you that work iniquity so ye that practice iniquity is lawlessness you want no rules you want no regulations you don't want to go by the word you deny it and you practice ungodliness and this other one says now this is this is from a Jewish family on here that believes in the Holy Ghost okay it says receive the holy spirit holy ghost acts 238 and then it says, but, but what does the Holy Spirit do? And it says, I will put my spirit inside of you. This is Ezekiel 36 and 26, if you want to read the KJV version. I will put my spirit inside of you and cause you to live by my laws and respect my rulings and obey them. That's what the Holy Ghost is for, okay? Because we can't do it. You try to live holy and, 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 and godly without the Holy Ghost, it's probably not going to happen. You need the Holy Ghost. The promise of the Holy Spirit is that it would cause us to follow the law, okay? And then he gives a couple of more scriptures. I thought, that is amazing that even Jewish families that have received Jesus believe in the Holy Ghost. They believe in the Holy Ghost. And sometimes we come to church and we're thinking, oh, you know, We don't have to do what he says. We don't have to do what the scripture says, blah, 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 but it's not true. Romans 3.31 says, do we make void the law through faith? Question mark. God forbid. Instead, we establish the law. And then it says, establish means establish. So you've got to institute as a law permanently by enactment enactment or agreement. Two says to make firm or stable. Three says to introduce and cause to grow and multiply. What God says is supposed to multiply in our lives. Four says to bring into existence. That's
0: good. Let me go back to this um, submission thing. Um, Told my wife on the way to church was talking about it. I said, honey, people don't like submission but if I wouldn't submit it to Douglas White when the Channel 14 news ordeal happened, I went through a whole lot. Even the own organization that, that I, I'm in and support was going to throw me under the bus. If it wouldn't been for a man of God that I was submitted to, that called me, that day when I turned all my phones off, or he actually didn't call me. He tried to call me, but I didn't want to talk to nobody. And when I walked in my house with tears streaming down my, my cheeks, Brother Brad Giffen and my brother were standing in my kitchen, grabbed me and hugged me and said, Bishop wants to talk to you. And they had him on the phone. He said, Son, am I your pastor? <laughs> yes, sir he said let me fight your battles i gave it to him yes he got on facebook he got on twitter he got he called headquarters I'm telling you, he took care of everything. It was if I wouldn't have been submitted and had a man of God in my life, you know what I'd have? today? I'd been rebellious against the UPC. I would have dumped them. I would have preached on them. I'd run them down, and I would have had a bad spirit in my in, in my in my own spirit. So submission protected me. I'm sick and tired of these preachers turning around and saying, in this church, I don't like submission. You know, all you're doing is opening the door to more rebelliousness. When submission, what we're teaching this morning, saves you. Okay? And I'll I'll read this. It's it's in the part of this. Hebrews 13 and 7. Okay. How many believes the Bible? Obey them to have the rule over you and submit yourself, for they watch for your souls as they must give an account that they may do it with joy. It's easy to pastor somebody that is submitted and not with grief. So if it's grief to me, then what it says, it's gonna not benefit, it's not gonna hurt me, but listen to what it says. For that is unprofitable to you. Amen. That is unprofitable to you. Galatians 5 and 7 says this. Now listen to what it says. He's bragging on you a little bit. Okay? But listen to what he says. The writer says, You did run well. I'm gonna give you. Some, some, a little bit of a, uh, 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 yeah, pliers. You did run well, but who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? And then he says this: This persuasion cometh not from him that called you. It means I called you to obey all the scriptures for you to be saved. Somewhere you allowed, as even the next scripture says, a little leaven leaven the whole lump. Somewhere, you listened to the wrong source, to the wrong thing, and got a wrong spirit, and therefore you fell from where you was at and you're not saved. You did run well. Said, man, you was doing good, but you didn't who did hinder you? That you should not obey the truth. So we've got to understand, amen, that if we want to be saving this hour, it's not being a, a, a pastor, being a, a, a dictator. I, have, I will never be a dictator. But I'm going to tell you something. A lot of you don't. I, I posted us on the minister's thing the other day, but I didn't tell everybody about it. I was in, I've been praying. I said, Lord about some people that has really got under my skin. Really just been because they don't want to listen, but then they wear you out by saying, can you counsel me? Can you counsel me? Why do I want to counsel you when you don't never listen? So I was praying, God, what am I doing? I want to see growth. I'm ready. What am I doing? Lord, I don't want to see them go to hell. I went to Royal King, the other day, me and my wife, I dropped her off here. She was taking care of the computer and some things. And I went to Royal King to get some um, chicken feed and some um, um, trash bags for the church. While I was there, a pastor I seen, I said, Hey, how are you? He said, Hey, how are you doing? Walked up to him, started talking to him. He said, Been praying for you in this situation that is just arising going on. He said, Lord told me to tell you that if they don't listen to your preaching behind the pulpit, he said, cut them off and don't never counsel them again. I said, God, he didn't even know I would even talk to him. That's from God. He said, they're wearing you out. He said, and God said, they're hindering the harvest that God wants to send you. He said, what do you think you're going to change by sitting down, he said, and talking to him for two or three hours? He said, "When they won't even want to listen to you behind the pulpit. I said, "Man, you of God." I said, "Cause I've been praying and spoke to him." He said, "I felt that." He said, "I've been praying for you." He said, "And I won't let you know." He said, "I got confidence in you, and God's getting ready to do something." And I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you who it is, okay? It was Pastor Brother Brad Giffen. And I have not talked to him nothing about thing. The Lord only told him. See, there's certain only people that can speak into my life, and I allow because I got confidence. But ain't everybody speaking in my life. Amen? Second, I want to, let me find this if I can find it. I want to read this before I give it to the pastor. um, Hebrews, this is what I want you to know. Okay. Hebrews 6 and 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on unto perfection. What's that word perfection mean? Maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God. And of the doctrine of baptism and of laying on the hands and the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. This will we do if God permits. Now look at what 6 and 4 says, real strong words. It said, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. The gospel, the grace of God shined in their life, called them, they accepted, praise the Lord, amen. And then it says, and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. That means they had the Holy Ghost. And have tasted of the good word of God and the power of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, sin they have crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him back to an open shame. Saying it ain't good enough no more. Can I tell you something? It is time for the church, praise God, to know that we're saved, completely walking in authority and dominion, live a life, praise God, amen, A blessing for God and do something for the kingdom of God to see so saved, to be beneficial to our church. That's being saved. You know what God wants us to do? He saves us so we can save others. We're made disciples to to disciple. Amen? Come on, church, I'm telling you, it is time for us to leave the principles of the doctrine of Christ, of this foundation of of repentance over and over and over all the time. Let's know we're saved, praise God, and say, God, I'm ready to go to higher heights, deeper depths, I want to see the supernatural work. I want, praise God, my ministry to bloom and blossom. I'm willing to get under, praise God, the pastoral team and be fully submitted and obey in everything I can the word of God. Why? Because think about it. Just think about how many prostitutes, how many drug addicts, how many whoremongers, how many people that are lost in the city of Madisonville that needs saved people. Let me say this, and I'll include it for even preachers. If you ain't saved, you ain't got no business trying to save nobody else. But when we're saved, and we know we're saved, praise the Lord. Amen. I, I told this precious young, young woman right here, amen, our Wally World woman, amen. She'd come to me crying and upset and say, Brother Orton, they're going to make me start working on Sunday. I said, Sister... Let's pray. You keep a good spirit. Don't say nothing to them. Let's pray. She worked just a couple, two or three, but God worked it out. She don't have to work on Sunday. All the other people, different ones, because you go to, to, to Walmart, Amen. I you got to sell alcohol. Guess what? In her um, cashier, that when you walk to her aisle, there's a sign, don't sell liquor. She said she just had a man come up to her and looked at her and said, Oh, you don't sell liquor? I said, no, sir. He respect that. Man. Come on. When we really do right and know that we're saved, there's, there is benefits. Come on, there's benefits. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, I'm gonna live under the benefits. The Bible said he'll load us up daily With his benefits. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we need to learn, praise God, to quit trying to drag our feet. Let's be real about it. All right. For a minute, praise God, until uh, every one of us could raise our hand and go through that. I've been hurt. I've been hurt. I've I've been let down. I hate a victim spirit. Hate that spirit, Amen. I've been pastoring, praise God, be eighteen years. February the thirteenth, man, I'm telling you, I went through time and time again, families and people that's been hurt, 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 hurt. Guess what? They're still living that hurt. They still ain't matured. They still going from church to church, or some of them even backslid. Some of them even gone to hell because they never got over it. You know what you need to do? Realize, let it be like water on a duck's back. Somebody says something to you out of the way. Oh, but it's reality. It's real. Who cares? They said it, and the devil used them to get to you so your spirit can change, so it can affect your worship, It can affect your faithfulness. It can affect your prayer life. And who's the one suffering? Amen. But Brother Timmy, praise God, we make our mind up, praise God, amen, and know that I'm saved, amen, and and know that offense is going to come, don't worry about it. Praise God. Brace yourself. Go to your knees and pray that person. My God, what did they call Jesus? Called him a devil. He went through everything. I oh, no. We want to justify. Well, I am human. I am human. Yeah, you said that. It's a mouthful. You're human. And that's your problem, the reason you can't live for God. Because you're only living for him on the human side.
1: Mm Amen. Amen. We can say we're human, but we get offended at another human. So why do we get the right when we're human to get offended at their humanity? When Jesus was perfect and people spit in his face, what's our excuse? We are human, but they're human too. So realize that we do dumb things, so just forgive them. It's not worth it. Romans 12, 20, 20 says, Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give, if thine enemy hunger. It doesn't say if your best friend's hungry. It says if your enemy is hungry, feed, feed them. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap holes, of, holes good Lord, coals of fire on his head. So when somebody comes to you, they cuss you out, they talk about you on social media, they do whatever, you just be nice and sweet as pie That's where charity and it's i'm telling you it'll it'll just boil inside of them my goodness how could they just sit there i remember uh riding the school bus in middle school going to south hopkins and i i don't re- remember the exact situation but for some reason this guy on there got mad at me just a bully he took one of those big thick textbooks was hiding in a corner when i got off the bus Hit me on the side of the head hard. In fact, I still have Mark to prove it. I didn't even realize it, but blood was just pouring down my head. I just kept walking, went and sat in the bleacher in the gym. Well, he came to me. I believe it was later that day. Might have been a day or two later, and he was just amazed that I hadn't gone to the principal. I hadn't gone, and I'm not saying there's a time and a place to do to do that, but he was just amazed. And it was a testimony, it was a witness, that I wouldn't just retaliate. Because a lot of other people would have turned, again. retaliate. A lot of people would have turned around and just started hauling and fighting and beating. Get back. Um. I gotta get even. But what does it say? Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. It doesn't matter what anybody does to us, even our enemy. We have to. Because of his righteousness and the proof of his righteousness and his love shining through us, we have to be that better person. And we have to overcome that evil with good. Yeah, and and when you've been hurt and you've developed that spirit of offense or that victim mentality, wounded spirit, you're constantly going around with your guard up. And before somebody ever... Yes, before somebody ever even says the first wrong word, you're expecting it. So you have just that defense up all the time, just ready, that word again, ready to retaliate. Amen. Galatians 3 verse 1 says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? Who hath bewitched you? What does the Bible say? Rebellion is as a sin of what? Witchcraft. Witchcraft. Amen. So why is it so hard for us to live for a God who, who gave it all? Who was our perfect example, sacrificed everything for us, that we might have eternity. Gave us this book that we can live by. We don't have any excuse. We know the truth. We know the word of God. Amen. But we become rebellious and bewitched. This only would I learn of you, received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? It's a question. Have you received the Spirit of the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? No, in our flesh no, no uh, dwells no good thing. We have to build up that Spirit every day. Amen, that spirit has to be stronger. Um, Romans 8, 5, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit. A fleshly person, a carnal person, it's going to be evident in their, in their life. It's going to be evident in their conversation. Uh, a lot of times carnal people are, are constantly joking, cutting up, never serious. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Living for God with your whole heart, entire self, there's peace in it. Um, But being half-hearted, amen, there's confusion, chaos. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. You wonder why you have a problem with submission, subjection. Uh, What are you thinking on? What are you looking at? What are you watching? What kind of speech do you have? So then they that are in the flesh... Cannot please God. There's no getting around it. If you're fleshly, if you're carnal, uh, God is a holy God. So carnality and and holiness cannot mix. Yeah, loss is goose and hailstorm. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. We have read scriptures. We talked about... Uh, when Nicodemus asked the questions, what must I do? Un- unless you're born of the water and the spirit, you cannot enter. And here again we hear, now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. The Bible says you can't even call him Lord without the spirit. That's not to say that if you've not received the Holy Ghost yet that you can't worship him, you can't pray. But when you have the spirit, you, what does the word Lord mean? It means Master. It means when you have the Holy Ghost living inside of you, he is leading you. He is your master. Um, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. And that means when this world is uh, putting us through turmoil and tribulation and hurt and pain, Still, because of the Spirit, we, we still have a life and we still have a righteousness. And be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. In this world, there's what? Tribulation. and There's pain and there's all this stuff. But be of good cheer because he's overcome it. And when we have his Spirit living inside of us, though they slay me, I can still live with that peace. I can still trust him. Walk in the Spirit. 1 John 3 and
2: 11. For this message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him? One, well, they want to know why, because his own works were evil, and his brother was righteous. His brother's righteous. So, Cain was evil; his work was evil, and he looked upon his brother, and he seen that that he was doing right. Uh, if you deal with jealousy. In in the church, he
0: got of God. yeah, so then
2: around and, and took, it took it out on his brother. That's right. He and because and he he didn't like he didn't like that that his brother pleased him. He didn't like that. Made him mad. So and his brother was righteous. Marvel not my brother. And if the world hate you, like I said, sometimes we're gonna have to suffer because of righteousness. If the world hate you, we know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Loveth, E-T-H, continually. Uh, 315, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. It says, "Who whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. First John 3:16, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. What that's saying to me is if God could put up with us, if he could come down wrap himself in flesh, for us who have issues and he could become the ultimate sacrifice, yes. then when we take on, we pick up our cross and we follow half to him, sure people's going to get on your nerves. People are people, they're human. But we're supposed to say, okay, you know what, God? Well, they said this and that, and it hurt me. I'm going to take this to you and let you fight my battles. There's a submission again. Um, Lay down our lives for the brethren. 317 says, but whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need. There you go. We were just talking about this last night, me and Roy was. Seeth his brother have need, and shut up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? Um, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, don't just say it, but in deed and in truth. It's who we are, it's us through and through, we're authentic. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then then have we confidence towards God. Uh, first, First John four sixteen, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Um, I assure you, if if you don't know God, you don't have the fullness of Him. You feel a little bit. We're all born with that feelings in us and conscious in us, but it's because of Him. Um. Whenever people come in, the first thing they say is, we're like, well, you you believe in love, right? You can't really see love. I mean, the word love, you can feel it. By what? Not by what people say, but by their actions. Correct? When you're in a relationship, if your spouse tells you they love you, but then they do things that absolutely go out and cheat on you. Or, you know, they spend money out of the checking account. They do things that hurt you. They lie to you. That's proof. They really don't love you. The proof is in your actions, okay? Okay. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, mature, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. We are we're not confused. We know who we are, we know whose we are. There is no fear in love, but perfect love mature love casteth out fear because fear hath torment he that feareth is not made perfect in love and it says we love him because he first loved us he was our example so if we are to be like him we have to be others example if a man say i love god and hateth his brother he's a liar for he that hateth not his his brother whom he hath seen how can he love god whom he hath not seen and when you look at that, it says, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. If you actually study it and the word love that comes from us as humans, we're not like God. God has agape love. We're supposed to, to have the Holy Ghost that leads us to show that. We are imperfect. But the, the form of love that it's talking about here in the scripture, he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God? That word actually means in action, Okay. He that loveth not his brother. So if you don't act on that word love towards your brothers who you have seen, how can you love God? In other words, you don't have any love in you. You have no truth. Love is truth. God whom he hath not seen. 4 and 21 says, and this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also.
0: This is something that we know for a fact when we're saved that we shouldn't have no problem. Right. We should love everybody. Right. everybody should be us. Amen? Come on. for Let's listen to this. For God so loved the world. He loved the people of the world, really had no purpose in loving them because they was really evil but he still wrapped himself in flesh come and gave himself for a ransom for our soul amen one more scripture and we'll wrap this up we're not going we'll to be done with it but that's that's good amen Second Corinthians 13 and 5 examine yourself somebody say that whether you be in the faith prove your own self now listen that's saying that you know for sure that you're saved or not. There should never be a doubt. If there's a doubt in your life, there's something you need to work on and try to find out what it is that you're lacking. Amen? That Jesus Christ is in you. Woo, Boy, that can really be so powerful. That Jesus Christ is in you. If Jesus Christ is in you, won't you let him fulfill all that he needs to fulfill in your life? Quit fighting hatred. Quit fighting bitterness. Quit fighting unforgiveness. Amen. Letting your spirit get bent out of shape. Let God be the one that takes care of it. Amen. Except you be a reprobate. But I trust that you shall not know that you are not no reprobate. Now I pray to God that you do no evil. Not that you should appear approved but that you should do that which is honest though we be as reprobates now this is a powerful scripture right here listen to this next part for we can do nothing against the truth but for the truth We know when we say the wrong things. We know when we when we do the wrong things. If you're fully saved and you've got the Holy Ghost and you're not a reprobate, I promise you, you're going to know. And if you don't know, then you're not saved. That means you're still just practicing the ways of your fleshly desires and, and you haven't been born again. Amen? You know what's wrong, praise God, to get mad at somebody. Amen? And... and Smart, smart off to them. Amen. You know that. Amen. So try your best, praise the Lord, amen, to understand, praise the Lord, that if you're saved, you're going to start practicing the things and living by the, the word of God to the fullness. I'm telling you, I, 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 I've been pastoring long enough in this church that I've seen enough people, sister uh, Barbara, that, and even preachers that went through, that say that they're saved. And I know they're not. I know they struggle. When you're saved, you ain't got no problem with praying. Because you know that's the relationships you're building. When you're saved, you ain't got no problem, praise God. Amen. Living righteous and godliness and separated from the world. You ain't got no problem. When you're saved, you ain't got no problem, praise God, being faithful to the house of God and the word of God and the things of God. You, when you're saved, you ain't got a problem, praise God, with submission. We've talked a whole lot about this submission this morning. Amen. We need to preach it, praise God to everybody. I'm tired of hearing people say, I hate submission. Well, guess what? You know what? If you hate submission, what you do? You love rebellion. Amen? Praise God. So if you like the results of rebellions in your life, amen, start learning and saying, hey, I love submission. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good to us. Let's lift our hands all across this house. Thank you, Lord, for the word this morning. Let us apply it to our life the principles, God, that we live by, God, that will bring fruit, meat for repentance. We thank you, Lord, knowing that, God, you give us life and that more abundantly. We can live, God, beyond, God, even this natural life, God, knowing the, the chaos and the drama, the failures, the shortcomings, the hurts, the pains, God. Lord, and we can be able, Lord, to embrace your word, to live a righteous life. To know who we are. A child of the most high. That we've been born again of the water and of the spirit. Purchased, God, by your blood. We ask you, Lord, in your precious name. Help us to be a light and a witness. Help us, God. Lord, to love you. Honor you. Obey you, God. And be submitted to you, Lord, and to your ministry. We give you praise today. We give you honor today, God from the fruit of our lives, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord.
2: Thanks for taking the time to take in today's program. This is a media ministry outreach of Truth Apostolic Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. For more information about our ministry, visit our website.
0: We're doing it. We're trying our best. Praise God to put it all out, amen, out there on every platform we possibly can. Hallelujah. And I'm glad because the world, uh, hallelujah, amen, needs to know that what I have, uh, amen, is being filled with the spirit, uh, amen, can change their life.